I've been thinking a lot lately about how everybody, everybody, is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the older I get, the more I... That's a bad way to start that. I don't know. I feel like a lot lately I've been just catching on to the fact that in a lot of ways, the smarter, even the smartest people in the world are mm-hmm. idiots. Mm-hmm. Like, is that thing, I think, oh, there's like a study done and there's like a name for it and I can't think of it, but it's it's that idea that like the less you know about something, the more you think you know about it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think the example I heard was, like, Stephen Hawking uh, was obviously a genius in his field and what he knew, but doesn't know anything about, I don't know, let's say recording a podcast. Sure. But if you taught him, told him about recording a podcast for 15 minutes, he'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I could teach a class on this probably. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, there's still stuff down the road that you don't know about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, I was thinking about this when I was listening to, um, like, a true crime podcast. Okay. And this woman was getting gaslit by this guy who was very obviously bad news and very obviously trying to, like, con her out of her money. And he was homeless and, like, living at her house for free. Well, it convinced her he had a bunch of other houses. And people were like, this woman owns her own business. And for a woman this smart, this guy must have been a mastermind to get through mm-hmm. this. And I, the whole time I was thinking is, like, no, just because you have the mind to start a business doesn't mean that you're smart in the way where you can see where you're getting conned you know yeah um and so i just i i don't think anybody's smart is what i'm getting at yeah i get that because a couple of things come to mind first thing is i was just talking about it with i think my sister's boyfriend and it was just that thing where like um once you start getting into a field Personally, it's just been our experience. Maybe you disagree. Maybe some of the people out there disagree as well. But it just feels like um, you do hit that Stephen Hawking example moment that you just talked Mm -hmm. about where you're like about 15 minutes into it or whatever it is, a month, three months. You're kind of like, oh, I get how this goes. Yeah. And almost anybody could do this if they'd just been told about it for like three months. You know what I mean? And we were talking about it specific to the job market, but it was just one of those things where it's like pretty much any job someone could be trained to do in about a couple months. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly how I felt when I had my first internship going into it. Like, it's editing. And, you know, you just have, at least in my experience, like this, like really high bar in your head of like what you're supposed to do. And you, you kind of overachieve. And then a little while into it, your boss comes along and says, hey, without saying it, you're doing too much. This is not what the job is. The job is a lot less than this. <laughs> yeah. And so you scale that back. And uh, I feel like that's also kind of rambling here, and I'm sorry. But something that comes with, like, the new job anxiety is, like, in your head, you feel like, oh, my God, I've got these big shoes to feel. And then fill. And then after a while, you realize, like, oh, no, I know what my responsibilities are and, like, what I'm in charge of and what falls yeah. inside of those, you know. And the second point... Um, which doesn't really have to do exactly with what you're talking about, but kind of has more to do with what I think is nice about your cold open, is I feel like it kind of plays into everything everywhere all at once later, because it is kind of about uh, just kind of life. And here's my point. I don't... Uh, and sorry, that wasn't like me trying to segue my thing I said earlier into the thing. I genuinely met the first thing I was felt like filled with was, oh, this is kind of on point. Um, the older I get, the more that I think about... I don't know how much I value 
someone being smart also. Yeah. There are other qualities which are much, much more important, like compassion and understanding. Exactly. Um, open-mindedness, forgiving. Those are, those are qualities that I think are a lot more important. Um, I remember a lot of my life I spent thinking about that, like, who's smart, who's dumb, am I the smartest guy in the room, and stuff like that. Um, there's nothing necessarily wrong with it, but I just mean to say that, like, I think you're on point. I think um, there aren't many people uh, who are um, super smart necessarily or super dumb. Most people fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and a lot of the times, uh, you're right, smart does get conflated with, like, are they very, very good at something specific, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Like, I, it's, it's something I see all the time with arguably very smart people that I know in my life. Yeah. Like, just getting into arguments with people. Yeah. And being like, well... In this situation, when A happens and then it follows to B, C has to be the outcome. And it doesn't matter how this or this shakes out. It has yeah. to be C. And like the other person in the argument will be like, but you made me feel bad. And the other person will be like, well, you shouldn't have felt bad. And it's like, the there's no, like you were just saying, there's no understanding or compassion mm-hmm. or like, I like how the better term, like spirituality or like. Yeah. Like, it's like, and that's the dumbest thing in the world to yeah. me, is that you can't understand Let me put it for you. this other person. You All know? you need is love. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I know what you mean. It's it's one of those things where um, it's, it's kind of a little bit of what I wanted to mention about the movie, but like uh, in life, I've just realized at a certain point, like um, I don't mean to bring the podcast down or make it sound like I don't care. I do care. Um. But a lot of like the worst things that happen in life, um, you can get really fucking worked up with about, and you should, and some things should change for sure. But also at a certain point, whether it's uh, you know to take it down a notch from like some of the stuff that might be happening in the news, just in your life, like about getting cut off, or your boss doing this, or your stepmom doing that, or yada yada yada. At a certain point, I feel like it just doesn't matter. Because yeah. you can take it to the extreme and just be like, in 50 years, I'll be dead. They'll be dead. And no one will probably remember yeah. us. And I don't mean to be Rick about it, but I feel like, you know, there's a healthy degree of nihilism that keeps you caring too much about the wrong things in check. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And um, that's one of the things that I think bleeds into what we're talking about with like, the smartness and how... For lack of a better term, I'm just going to name it so we can stop dancing around it or whatever. I feel like emotional intelligence is kind of like the thing that I value the most. Because yeah. at the end of the day, the thesis statement to what I think matters is exactly what I was saying a second ago. We're all alive right now together. One day we'll all be dead together. And our lives overlapping is kind of the only thing that matters to anybody who's alive right now. So why not just be a little nice to everybody? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's all going to be over really soon. <laughs> yeah, or like... um. To, to reiterate your point and skew it more towards the show uh-huh. and what we usually talk about, I think, like, like uh, the smart people in my life I, were, I was just talking about are the same people who, when I talk to about movies, and I talk to them about a movie that's kind of, 
I feel like of a better term, abstract or mo- more so the point of the movie is to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. And them seeing it and being like, that was bad. That mm-hmm. was a waste of my time. Nothing really happened. And it's like, no, you're supposed to be like, like, or like that'll happen with like a slice of life movie. They're like, they, yeah, there's no beginning, middle and end. It's like, that's not the point. And I yeah. don't see how you don't get that. And I don't understand how somebody like that, who I know is so intelligent and can think about things so deeply in a logic sense is so emotionally stunted Mm -hmm. like how do you not put that thinking into i guess just how you feel Mm -hmm. and i mean i i i I, this feels like we're scratching the surface of a much bigger conversation that we could definitely dive deep into but uh i just yeah it it blows my mind um i mean is it about me Oh no no no! Oh, okay, so what is the deeper conversation, real quick? Just... Oh, like why, why, why a smart person can't uh, delve into their emotions or think oh. about their emotions? Yeah, which is something I don't understand because it, here's something that I've thought about a lot. Um, when we've talked about, I realized at a certain point in my life when we talked to, at a certain point in my life when we talked about it um, that. I think everybody has the exact same range of emotion and feels exactly as deeply as I do. And I think they think about it exactly as deeply as I do. But I don't understand the point where they don't convey it properly because, and it's something that I think ties into the movie, but I've also experienced in my own life. I can read someone being an asshole uh, in the way that I fully understand what they're thinking and feeling, but for some reason they're being a dick about it instead of just yeah saying what they're thinking kind of a thing. You and know what I mean? Yeah, no, and it's it, like, it, like... And so I, all I'm saying is I, I'm saying you're right, and yeah. it, it's the most confounding part of life is that, like, we're all walking around thinking and feeling the same thing, and yet everybody behaves differently with that exactly. inside of them. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm not trying to, like, put myself or you, like, on this pedestal where I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah. I'm... I'm as emotionally healthy as you can possibly get. I have emotions and things that I don't understand, and yeah. I have reactions to things that I don't understand. That's what yeah. that's what therapy is about yeah. is to help you untangle that. And it's definitely a part of being human. But I feel like yeah, there's there's a point where I I see people not get it that I'm like that seems like such a baseline, mm-hmm. just humanistic way to feel and think about people, and the fact that you don't, or the fact that you don't interpret art or films or something on at least the smallest level like that just blows me away. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think it's also something really poignant from the film that I'll talk about early uh, is there's the point where I believe someone says something to the effect of don't judge things you don't understand. Yeah. And that's another thing is like, you know, I know a lot of people who will hang on to like the ways in which they've been wronged by someone else. And I've, I, I, I constantly beat my head against walls with friends, like trying to help them like, understand the other side of it where it's just like hey don't take it so personal because i don't know for a fact but i can kind of tell there's something else going on with this person yeah yeah, and perhaps you shouldn't be so mad because they didn't do it to you because they fucking hate you and they wanted to ruin your fucking day their circumstances of their life (laughs) led them to not even consider the way it might not even affect you which is shitty but also means that you shouldn't probably be that upset that you get slighted in the way you get slighted because it 
again. Oh yeah, no, I do that all the, all the time. Personally, mm-hmm. in my life, like I'll I'll be like, oh, I can't believe nine years ago this person did that thing to me. Where, yeah. And I can think about it logically, and I do all the time. Where it's like, well, no, they probably didn't. Nick, they probably didn't do that to you because you're this way, this way, and this way. It's just how they were and how they were feeling at that time. And you thinking that they did that because of you personally is like a, ref- a reflection on me of how I feel about myself. Yeah. And I know that, but also, yeah, it's like what we were just saying. It's, it's, that can be hard to untangle sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I can get it where some people, it's exactly like what I was saying. Like, yeah. I, I'm, these people are smart in this thing, but they're not smart enough. They're, mm-hmm. not, they're good at black holes, but they're not good at understanding <laughs> their emotions. And it ties into so many things, and I'm sorry to keep just rambling on, but like it reminds me of a conversation we were having the other day where I was talking about how my grandfather was born in 1955 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then his grandfather was born in like 1890. Disgusting. And his grandfather told him, don't let them ever tell you they put a man on a moon. <laughs> Uh, in all sincerity and in private, he meant it with the gravity of. <laughs> but anyways, um, and it's just one of those things where like, that's another thing that, that's hard to put perspective on, and I think it ties into the whole like, don't understand what you or don't judge what you can't understand. Like, you know, when you're trying to rationalize with someone, then there's like an, even an age gap or something like that, yeah. right? Like, I think the ultimate point I was trying to make the other day was like, because we were watching the George Carlin documentary. Yeah. And this is a source of frustration. This is not me trying to like uh, excuse some of the most egregious things that happen. Um, fuck all that noise. Uh, but it is just a part of like having some understanding or whatever. Like I was making the point that perhaps a lot of the problems that we have in modern society are just because of the astronomical amount of change that's happened in such a short period of time. Like, for example, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. shit. You always see it in black and white, so it makes it feel like it's forever ago and stuff like that. But it's not. Yeah. But again, in another sense, it's not and it is. Like, that's a time that predates even Pong. And now we have Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, not, I, I don't, I'm, I'm talking about, like, again, that tricky thing where it is not a long time ago. But what I'm trying to say is so much has changed in that little bit of time. I don't know if human beings are like mentally capable at large as a huge mass, mass, which is kind of ties into that George Carlin thing about like I love individuals but hate groups. Again, if you look at the human race as a a, a huge thing that, that every being possible, there's so much excuse me variance in the quality of living there and the experience there and what life is like there. I would say as a whole, like. It's just that tricky thing where, like, in my heart of hearts, I feel like we're ready for universal basic income and robots to be doing all jobs. Yeah. But then also people live in West Virginia and are coal miners. Yeah. In 2022. Yeah. That's like saying, yeah, there are, uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's there's cowboys out there who uh, catch catch the bank robbers in, in New, <laughs> New, New Mexico. You know what I mean? That's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah, I get that. It's just crazy. So, like I said, like I really don't mean that point to be a thing where I'm like, oh, the fact that racism is still around is like understandable. No, that shit fucking sucks. I'm saying it more of like a sad thing where like I'm looking at it and I'm just being like, damn, like we really can't keep pace with how quick things change around us for some reason. Yeah. Like that's a limitation of like the human experience at, as a whole. 
is that for some reason we can't keep up. It seems like if I'm looking at this objectively, like I'm some sort of like a, like a, I'm, I'm experiencing like a like a Christmas Carol sort of like past, future, and fr- like I'm hanging out with a ghost and just looking at it. Uh, if I were some sort of omnipotent being, I would just be like, God, this is sad. Look at this, you know. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, my ultimate point just being like. Uh, just that thing people always talk about where they're like three old guy. I think maybe Louis C.K. said it. Fucking that sucks to say. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that thing where it's like America is like just three old people like back to back to back. It's only like 300 years old. And that's fucking insane. Yeah. That's really genuinely insane. Like I, I've seen clips. My grandfather showed me. I can remember being young. And again, this feels like a pretentious thing to say. But there's so many little things like that that I feel like. I can look at as like, wow, like that seed being planted, I think genuinely led to me having more understanding the more that I just mulled it over. And for some reason yeah. that stuck with me and I just thought about it, thought about it. I can remember being like 12 or whatever, him being like, hey, check this out. This is 1955 and it's a talk show. And this guy right here who's talking, he's 94 years old or whatever. He was at the Lincoln assassination. The insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just being like, what the fuck? That's TV in the 50s. That guy was alive when my grandfather was alive and he saw... Now, granted, he was like a two-year-old baby or something like that, or like nine-month-old baby or whatever, but still, he was alive when Lincoln got shot. Yeah, Lincoln's basically Paul Bunyan. That's unfathomable. (laughs) That's crazy. And so it's just that crazy thing, like, you know, trying to look at a timeline and just being like, wow, look at that. Like, you know, uh, the fucking Wright brothers uh, came up with the airplane. That's so long ago. And then you're also like, well, no, because I'm pretty sure my grandpa's mom was alive when that shit was yeah. you know like the person that i was closest to growing up in terms of like a you know like a uh an external th- authority figure that's not your parents but is maybe like a grandparent or something like that uh was my uh great great aunt who was born in 1918 and never went to school because she uh it, it was her dad was a sharecropper during the great depression and she had to help on the farm you know what i mean and like again, like I don't, know, I don't want to get all spiritual or yada yada yada, but like that's insane. I had a really close relationship with someone who lived through the Great Depression, never learned how to read, and at like 16 was like helping build parts for like airplanes for World yeah. War II and stuff like that. Insane. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. I don't know how we got this far down the rabbit hole, but we watched Everywhere, Everywhere, all of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. We sure did. Mail time. <laughs> um... I did also just stumble over the everything everywhere all at once, uh, which I would also do if I tried to read what was on the exterior of this uh, letter. It's it's covered entirely in that phrase, just repeated ad nauseum. Yeah, someone went second mode on that. <laughs> I'm actually a little concerned. Um, licked the shit out of it, but also missed a spot, so my thumb got in there really easy. Cool. Everything everywhere all at once from the Daniels that brought you Swiss Army Man. That's not what really I love Swiss Army yeah. Man. Wow. I, I don't remember their last names, but they're both man. Yeah. yeah. I really actually really liked Swiss Army Man. Yeah, I did. Too. I really liked that movie. This film is good. I like it fine enough. A nice simple premise with some complexities laid on top. This movie is good. Oh wait, what? 
Oh, I'm crying. Okay. I'm sure this will pass. Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, good God. Oh, I'm crying. I'm crying more than I thought it was possible for me to do physically. Uh, this scene doesn't have uh, sound. All the dialogue is written on screen, and I'm sobbing. Short round from Indiana Jones is making me cry tears of joy. Oh, no. 8 out of 10. Chris, what's your history with this, uh, with everything everywhere all at once? This well, movie that came out two months ago. Yeah, brand new. Uh, did not know the Swiss Army Man thing, but I guess it starts there. I saw that movie, loved that movie. Maybe we'll talk about that one day, so I'll shut the fuck up. Um, but I will say it was a surprisingly, like, um, as far as my memory serves me, just uh, one of those things where I was like, it, it's just a movie that was like, God damn, I love being a damn human being. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it just made me feel like, you know, good to be alive and, and, and thankful to be feeling and thinking, you know, um, which is similar to this movie. Um, you know, I saw the trailers. Uh, my dad's been very excited about this movie for a while. And and, uh, and um, I, I would say the in terms of like the rollout, uh, it's really just been word of mouth. Yeah. That's made it like something that I feel like I wanted to see because I didn't necessarily like watch the trailer and think like, oh, that's something I want to want to watch. Uh, the trailer made it seem like a very goofy good time. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that looks like a thing, you know? Um, but I've just heard a lot of really good things uh, about about the, 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 the quality of the film and and uh, its emotional aspects and stuff, and, and that was more so what sold me on it than, than anything I saw, you know? Yeah. What about you? Um, yeah, same. I, I don't think I saw a trailer for this movie. I just saw the poster everywhere. It's just kind of like, from what I remember in my head seeing it, just kind of like a overwhelming collage of like all the craziest aspects of the movie. Uh, like I knew it was a multiverse movie, and I just, yeah, yeah I kept seeing the poster with just Michelle Yeoh on it and the ones with the like, googly eyes and like the pictures of her with the googly eye as her third eye. Yeah. And I was like, that seems cool. And I heard just a bunch of people saying a bunch of really good things about it. Um,. And yeah, I like Swiss Army Man. Uh, I like Michelle Yeoh, so I was like, yeah, I, I'd like to see this movie. And then just I couldn't get around to it, and like I, my schedules weren't lining up with anybody, so I couldn't go see it with anybody. And then last week I had a day off, and I was like, you know what? Middle of the day, I'm just going to go see it. And I went to the movie theaters by myself, took myself on a nice little date. It's always the most awkward experience just driving to a movie theater and then going in and then buying a ticket by yourself and finding your theater and sitting down. And just being alone in a movie theater. We talked on our Scream episode about being in that movie theater. And you got up and went to the bathroom and I was alone. I was like, this is the most scared I've ever been. <laughs> I was in that same theater and I went in there and I sat down alone. And I was like, I think I might have to leave. <laughs> like, I was just horrified. And then yeah. another man walked in and sat down like in the same row as me. Which should have been concerning. But no, it made me feel much more, much more comfortable. Um, and I saw it and I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I saw it again with you and our friend Elton the other day because um, I wouldn't shut up about it I was like you guys gotta come see this because I wanted to see it again pretty badly um, uh, and yeah it's just a it's a, a blast and a half um, I my, my impression of it while watching it the first time was like yeah this is good and like I remember the, there's the part I think it's like an hour into the movie but they're running through the IRS building um, and like they duck down behind the table and he's like making her eat a bagel and stuff like that and I was like we're pretty far into this movie and I feel like not a lot of multiverse stuff has happened and this might just get like 
crazy right at the end and then it'll be over and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. But this movie goes on for so much longer and so much more happens. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. And yeah. like Yeah, I was watching it with this stranger a few seats down from me and just trying to keep it together. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want to cry in front of this man. Yeah. And I think it I think it was the part where Wayman is giving his speech in both universes. Uh huh. Um, which I loved. Um, I love how he's giving one in Chinese and he's giving one in English. Mm-hmm. And when it goes to like the, the the movie star universe and he's leaving and he goes, even though you've broken my heart once again, I'd like you to know that in another life, I think I would have really enjoyed just being with you doing taxes in our laundry. Mm-hmm. And that guy sitting in the same row as me, I heard him go, oh. And I was like, oh, thank God, Flynn gets her open, I can cry now. And then, yeah, the, the last half of the movie, I was just like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God, this is really getting me. Yeah, uh, it is a movie, definitely, that I'd like to see again. That was kind of, like, immediately after finish. I was like, damn, dude, I could run it back. Yeah, like, even now, I've seen it twice, and I'm a little hesitant to do this podcast, because I'm like, I'd like... As am I. I've put it off for a couple of days, actually. Yeah. You asked me a couple of times, and I'm like, I don't know, you know, even immediately after we left... You know, we went to see it with uh, a friend, and, and they were like, "What do you think?" And I was like, ah, "I need some time." Yeah. Because um, even going into it, like I remember almost immediately being emotionally affected and and, and kind of connecting um, in the most relatable sense. My mom's a small business owner. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I could kind of understand like the immense amount of stress that she was under in the beginning. Um, and uh, so, like, yeah, it was. It's definitely a very emotional uh, movie from the rip. But my first kind of reaction was like, okay, I can see it. Uh, you know, we'll see where it goes, though. And then there's a point I can't remember exactly when, but it just hits. And then from like the last like 30, 40 minutes, whatever, it, it just, I was fucking sobbing. <laughs> I just yeah. every five minutes I was like, oh fuck, I'm crying in a new way. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, you know how like I don't know. Sometimes you go to watch a movie and like you know you're in a mood. Yeah. And you're like, all right, like I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little. Rocky, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a stone right now, so this yeah. movie's probably not going to get me. Mm-hmm. When we went and saw it the other day with Elton, we sat down and the new MJR intro started playing, and that started making me tear up. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is going to be bad." <laughs> um, but yeah, so to kind of talk about it uh, 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 plot-wise a little bit, yeah, that's kind of where you start. Um, the mother is trying to handle some IRS shit. They're getting audited. And then on top of it, uh, her dad is in town. She doesn't have a great relationship with, and it's her birthday and she's, or his birthday. And, and she's trying to, you know, schedule like a birthday for that. And then her daughter comes and her daughter has a partner, uh, of the same sex. And that's a big stress on her because she thinks that her dad's not going to handle that properly. So she's continually trying to keep that under wraps. And the daughter's obviously unhappy with that. And uh, the the what was kind of a bait and switch for me. I don't know if it was intended, and it's what you also got. Uh, the 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 husband, uh, Waylon, Wait, or Raymond, or Waymond, Waymond, Raymond with a W. Yeah, Waymond uh, is trying to have a conversation with her, and he looks at those divorce papers. And I initially thought that she had served him. Yeah, I thought and that he too, wanted to talk about it. It's very clear the second time watching it, the paper says Waymond is filing a divorce okay. from her. Yeah. Um, and then eventually that comes. Yeah. Um, and she's a little like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, 
dismissive of him in general. Yeah. She's very like, oh, frazzled. It's kind of the problem we were talking about earlier, bro. She's so hyper fixated on like this fucking just drowning level of stress of all the shit she has to handle that she's not emotionally thinking about her husband. She's not emotionally thinking about her daughter. She just has all of these problems in front of her that she's trying to like. Did you just, mentioned they're getting audited as well. Yeah. That she's yeah. just trying to slam her head against and like figure out and like if I could just get this down a level if i could just like take something off the plate then maybe i could like you know but you're just drowning at that point you know yeah and i love i love there's that little bit where she's in the the the, the laundromat and like her husband's dancing with that guy he goes he knows all the moves and he yeah. points at the tv she turns around and sees that movie mm. and you get it later that like she would have loved to be a movie star yeah she just has that one little moment where she stops and she's just watching that movie mm. and then i love um i think it's my favorite part of the scene is when you know everything's quote-unquote handled and she goes back to the table and she sits down and Wayman's trying to talk to her and she's just sitting there staring into nothingness at the table mm. he goes Evelyn Evelyn what are you thinking about there and it just like it's quiet for a second and then the title card pops up above her and it says everything and then the part one comes in I'm like oh that's good that's so good I I, I, I think my favorite part about this movie is it's it feels like there's no fat on it yeah. Like everything has a purpose and it's yeah. there for a reason. But also like there's all like the, the raccoon ratatouille stuff that is yeah. fat and just filler and all yeah. the hot dog finger stuff. But I wouldn't like, lose it. I wouldn't lose it. Like it, it, it I, not to jump ahead. You need that levity. Yeah. And that levity becomes sad and important. Like the hot dog finger universe. Mm. It's like, oh, this is a universe where her and Jamie Lee Curtis are in love with each other. Yeah. And it's very sad. Love Jamie Lee Curtis, by the way. Oh, she's so she good at this. She did so yeah. good at this. I love how she's just like like a tertiary character in this yeah. movie, but she's movie star Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's one of the things I also said about the film that I still kind of stand by. Because um, we frequently talk about... Um, different eras of movies and like what you get from that and how you don't necessarily get that today uh i genuinely also like when i left i was like damn dude this is probably the closest i'll get to like seeing something that like i feel like i know that back to the future is more of like a summer blockbuster type movie but like for some reason i was like i don't know just because it is well paced and acted and like it feels like one of those things where like um I also just respect the craft, even if you take, like, the emotional stuff out of it. Or, like, it is a well-oiled machine where, like, every five minutes or so, something's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also got the sci-fi elements and stuff like that. I was like, this is probably the closest I'll get to, like, the modern-day, like... This is, like, a Back to the Future type thing to, for me, personally. Like, in terms of my enjoyment of this. Um, and exactly for those reasons. Like, it, it's also just not a check-your-watch movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's that point where they're in the elevator and Wayman from not this universe speaks to her and tries to explain the you know very basics of like hey like you can dip out of this um and slowly which it's piecemealed out but basically the concept is that they've learned how to jump between universes um there's this movie also reminds me of uh, the matrix okay um, I do love that though when you get like the glimpses of the alpha universe. Yeah. It's the Matrix. Like there's yeah. another there's a sci-fi movie happening over there that yeah. you never see. You yeah. see inside of that van yeah. and that's it. Um because basically like yeah, the Evelyn is like the Neo the one type, right? And you've got yeah. that Matrix whatever. Um but yeah, so long story short, uh they have a way of inducing this and sort of the catalyst to make the technological side of it happen is that there's some sort of odd 
behavioral thing you have to do to help you jump to the other universe and gain like for lack of a better term the powers of that version of you or whatever yeah. it is right um we get the jamie lee curtis scene as he said love it you, you know you kind of hate her she's really being a son of a bitch <laughs> and uh then uh we get one of the bigger moments in the film which is uh evelyn punching her in the face yes and i liked it's something i noticed my second time watching it yeah they, it is pretty clear but i i missed it somehow when they go into the irs building they have all their documents and they've got a little cart with them to carry most of them and when they get up and leave jamie curtis's desk and they're talking at the elevator i noticed it this time i was like oh they don't have their thing with them yeah and when jamie Lee curtis is coming over to them and she's kind of like slugging along like that like weird version that she saw in the other yeah. universe because that's the thing that should be mentioned the reason why she punches deidre yeah. is her name deidre? yeah i think so yeah is because in the alternate universe that she went to deidre is a very bad 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 yeah and she's walking like that and she's kind of shuffling toward them it's because she's carrying their basket because she's yeah. bringing it back to them that's why she's walking over to them yeah yeah um so Waylon has also explained that there's a big bad named can't i can't remember yeah evelyn also has a hard time throughout the film it's I like think that's why i can't remember it's jacka kabooby or something like that yeah they just keep pronouncing it like a joke way like that yeah the whole movie so i don't um don't really remember the later reveal is that it's her own daughter that yeah. uh she overloaded her daughter with like trying to explain the universe thing to her and you know yada yada, yada whatever and so at this point she's become a full-blown rick yeah. she's all nihilism she, she to, in every universe at once yeah nose to toes she is full of nihilism yeah um, and she has also, which becomes uh, revealed later, has created an, an actual everything bagel where everything exists on a bagel. Don't love that. Uh, yeah, that's whatever. But it's one of those things like we were talking about the other day with like um, Eddie Valiant's brother being killed by a tune where it's like, yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. It serves its purpose. Um, dumb joke. Yes, but serves its purpose. Um, and as I explained earlier, Evelyn is the one who can stop her, right? Yes, you uh, you missed it because in, I'm going to say 15 minutes, you slammed a Long Island iced tea. Um, and then you're like, I got to pee. Am I going to miss anything? And I was like, no, just make it quick. Yeah. And you did miss something. They, okay. they explained to her the reason she, this Evelyn is the one uh -huh. is because she's done nothing with her life. That's like very good. I these, like that a lot. All these like different branching paths she could have taken to get to these other universes. Yeah. She's done none of them. Mm -hmm. So she's open to go to any of them. And so yeah. she can take all of them because she's so much of like, I guess, kind of like a blank slate. Yeah. There's four main Evelyns. There's this one, which we're the most familiar with. There's the movie star one who her life went perfectly. She did not follow her husband to America to open up a laundromat. Yes. Uh, there is a uh, Evelyn who works at a... As a, at, a, at, a, at a, what kind of grill is that? What do you call that again? Uh, hib hibachi. Hib hibachi grill, yes. And that's where you get one of my favorite running gags in this movie is the Rat Kakuni. Yeah. So fucking funny. Yeah. Astronomically funny. I love that. Yeah. I cannot explain to you how much I love Rat Kakuni and that whole thing. Because in the beginning, he's like so much better at the job that the boss is coming over and she's like, he's like, you better step it up or else you're going to lose it. And then when she walks in and sees the raccoon controlling it. So fucking funny. I love it. I, and I love it because it's like you find out a little later, like she says something like any like weird, dumb thing I can think of. It turns out there's a universe yeah. for that. Or like while I was explaining what you missed to you. Yeah. She's telling them like, it's like that movie. Rakakuni and they're like, yeah, you, I was listening you, to that. Yeah. yeah, are you misremembering Ratatouille? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, very good. 
Um, and that's another thing. It's a movie that, in my opinion, it feels like it remembers itself. Every little detail like that yeah. comes back around in a very meaningful way. Um, the other thing is uh, the hot dog finger universe. That is, Those are like the four main ones you and see. And then there's the sign spinner one, and then I guess oh, right. the, the alpha versus herd, which is dead. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole bunch of hijinks and yada, yada, yada that happens at this point. At this point, that's basically the layout. Um Djibouti is on her way to to get uh, Evelyn and they meet up at a certain point and they have long conversations philosophically about the meaning of everything and yada 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 and the fact that you know now Djibouti's not alone or mother's like her and they're both going to walk into the everything bagel and cease to exist together and yada 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 so that's like the basic rundown let's talk about our favorite scenes though um, starting from that point where uh, the punch has happened uh, what's the next thing that like really stands out to you? Um Wayman beating everybody up with the fanny pack. Oh uh, yeah, great! I yeah. love all all the action. Fantastic is so like. Yeah, I, I, I'm not just saying it's good. Yeah, it's done really so, well. It's like it's like at a ten. Like it's just. Yeah. I'm excited every time it starts to happen. Mm-hmm. I know I'm pretty sure Michelle Yeoh is uh like that's where she got her start is like oh, really? in martial arts films. I think she's in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I feel like everyone knocks out of the park uh, in this movie. Uh, The daughter is just okay. Uh, I I think she does a good job, but everybody else is just doing so well that it ends up being at her detriment is what I think it is. Um, So not to take anything away from her, other than to say that I think the other performances just steal the show so much that sadly she ended up getting a little left behind, but not a big deal. Um, And I was surprised, even when I think about it, it's surprising that this movie, 90% of it takes place in the IRS building. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, there was, uh, yeah, there was like the the second or third time they went back to the IRS movie. I was like, damn, this is really a contained story. Other than the fact we keep leaving the universe, it's very much so contained to the IRS building. You know, it got got me the first time I watched it. They go to the part where they're at the New Year's party at the laundromat that they've been talking about all day. Yes. And I forgot what happens there, but it jumps back to them in the IRS building. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, right. I forgot this is the movie. Yeah. Like, this is our main movie. Yeah. Um, so perhaps it's time to talk a bit about some of the emotional stuff that hits. What's your um, favorite scene? And it could be what you think is the most emotional. or Favorite scene? I don't know what my absolute favorite scene is. Um, the Rakakuni stuff really ranks up there for sure. Um, Wayman talking about his way of fighting really ranks up there. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about that since I did just mention the emotional thing. That one really hit me, um, primarily for the reasons we talked about in the cold open. It's just that kind of a thing where, like, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And so just hearing someone else talk about it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. You know? Yeah, I love... It's so strange because that part in the movie is kind of one scene, but it's got, like, nine scenes in it. Yeah. And... I mean, not to jump away from the favorite scene thing, but I love, love, love at the beginning of the movie when she's just, like you said, trying to beat her head against everything. Yeah. And she's dealing with all these things. Mm -hmm. She's dealing with everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm -hmm. And then you get to this part of the movie where her brain's going crazy and she's jumping through all these universes at once. And you never say anything for more than like 45 seconds. She's there with... Wayman and he's giving the speeches and she's seeing both of them and I'm crying because I'm like oh god here's a good resolution to the Wayman stuff and then she takes two steps in this direction and she has that moment with her daughter mm. and like they're the rocks and this and that 
and then she goes to go into the bagel and her dad's trying to stop her and she's dealing with her dad and I'm like oh right here in this very quick succession she is again dealing with everything everywhere all yeah. at once and it's hitting me back to back to back yeah yeah, exactly what I was saying in the beginning. Like, yeah. every five minutes, it's like, I'm crying for a new reason. And, like, that's not even five minutes. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that happens, like, within within five minutes. Yeah. Um, At least emotionally, it felt. Yes. And then and then you get, like, the big moments where yeah. it'll go to, like, the thing where she's, like, having that talk with her outside mm-hmm. of the, the laundromat. And that gets me. Um, but I, th- I to go back again, I think my favorite scene is either a toss-up with Wayman's what type of fighter he is speech and the them as rocks yeah the rocks thing definitely got me where they have the conversation about how like there's always a new discovery that makes you feel even smaller and stupid and yada Mm. yada yada and all that kind of stuff and i also really like uh when they come back to the rocks and there's the point where uh evelyn is just being silly she's around she's got the yeah eyes yeah um because she's trying to explain to her daughter like you know you're you're hyper fixated on the meaninglessness and it reminds me of two things one it reminds me of the george carlin you know, thing where he says, uh, you know, you can't care and also be really funny. Yeah. Um, and that sounds cynical, but I think the the, the 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 that is that scene is an example of the lighthearted version of that is like, which is like, hey, it doesn't matter, so don't care that much, kind of a thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then the the other thing is that this movie, both in humor and also high sci-fi, obviously reminds me of Rick and Morty a bit, and it reminds me of something that uh, I remember hearing Dan Harmon say in one of the like small Adult Swim behind the scenes. Um, vignette type deals about rick and morty where he was talking about rick and that character and how he's one of the worst characters basically Mm -hmm. um in terms of like you know his outlook on life is awful and horrible uh because he's seeing everything at the most macro level or whatever and he's like and and it's true objectively that like nothing matters and it's all bullshit and yada 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 he's like but that's not the point of the show the show is to try to focus in more and more so that you do care you zoom in on earth this earth and this universe and then you zoom in on this neighborhood and then you zoom in on this house and this family and that's where life matters yeah on that level that's you know and um you know to talk about the ending of the movie a bit they have that conversation in the parking lot which is very emotionally driven i mean evelyn gets to say to her dad like how could you just let me go yeah you know and then her daughter asks that of her and initially she thinks that's probably the best thing so yes i'll say yes and then she immediately goes back on it she's like no i can't i really can't and her daughter basically says something to her like you know this is all bullshit nothing matters and stuff like that so like what the fuck you just want to like spend some time with me or whatever basically and uh her mom's just like yeah exactly and it really genuinely reminds me of uh the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind movie because it ends on that same note where the um the 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 girlfriend who can't remember her name uh she's like this ends one day so i'm gonna go and uh and 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 the the boyfriend says like no don't go and she's like what why and he's like just stay for a little while and it's that thing that um i think um what's his name the director or the writer of that one but he goes Yes, Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman does so well. I think he also plays with that existentialism and the nihilism versus like caring about things. In that moment, uh, it's a very human moment. It's 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 very similar endings where it's just that thing where it's like the only thing that we genuinely have to give to another person is our time. However, you spend to choo- choose to spend your time. Yeah. Yeah, and I like. It's it's it it happens so fast. A lot of this happens very fast. And I'd love to see this movie again. Um, <laughs> so would I. When, when like, the daughter's trying to go into the black hole. Yeah. And she's trying to stop her. Mm-hmm. 
which is what she's kind of been doing the whole movie is she's been holding on to her and kind of holding her back. Yeah. She doesn't want to do to her what her dad did, who just kind of let her go. Mm-hmm. But I think it may, like, so she lets, ends up letting her go because she realizes that's what she needs to do is to let her daughter, you know, live her life and do what she wants to do. But then she gets the redemption where she's like, I, what I want to be is in your life with you. Yeah. Where that's what her father didn't do. Yeah. Her father let her go and then was like, I hate you. You're not my daughter. Anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, God, I can't, I can't get over it. Just like I said, that scene on the stairs and gets you back to back to back with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm cooling down a bit. And you get the moment in the thing in the laundromat where things are cooling down and the cops are there and the cops leave. And yeah. And then she's out there talking with her, and they're both crying, and they're hugging, and I'm like, oh, God, here I go again. It's so hard to talk to your parents sometimes. <laughs> and some of the smaller details are also super important, in my opinion. Like, that's the thing is I feel like like everything, like you said, there's no fat, like, is a huge, huge life lesson to be gleaned from this movie. Um, the point where Evelyn breaks to her, her father, like, hey, this is my daughter's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He's fine with it. Yeah. And it ties back into what we were talking about the other day or earlier in a different way. I think a lot of miscommunications and like uh, communication breakdowns and all that kind of stuff happens with like, you think that I'm going to take this thing this way. So you never say it to me because you're afraid of like what I might do and stuff like that. But then if you just say the thing, more than likely, you've made it a bigger deal in your head than it actually is. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying nine times out of ten that's going to happen. There's obviously that could have gone wrong. She had reason to be afraid. But if she would have just tried... They ended up working out. Yeah, and I also, like, I didn't get it until I think right now. But her daughter is upset about that. Mm -hmm. And that confused me a little bit. But I think I get it now. Where instead of it just being, like, letting her daughter do her thing and be like, hey, I'm going to tell Grandpa that this is my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Evelyn makes it kind of about her. About herself, yeah. She uses it as a a way to get back at her dad. Kind of. And I I love the shot where she's literally dragging her over to their grandfather like hey this is this yeah. is what we're doing now yeah um and it's great yeah and I, I think that's definitely what the daughter definitely wanted it to be more of her thing a way yeah. for her to express herself and assert herself as a thing and not yeah. for a way for her mother to do that yeah and i just i just love get that speech with her that echoes the raymond one yeah of just being here just being here now baby have you ever heard this yeah. i've heard that scientifically um don't know how i could sound like an idiot right now but they've proven that for some reason the mother-daughter bond is one of the most strong emotional bonds that can yeah. happen yeah, if yeah. not the most okay i buy that so anyways that was just another thing that was on my mind because you know i think uh, our friend said it while we were driving away or whatever there are multiple points you know during this thing that just hit on that note of like i just want to be with my mom right now i just need my mom i yeah. just need mom you know and um yeah that's such a like powerful and like just primal thing yeah like just that feeling of like that is comfort above and beyond like anything else for some reason like you know just the other week something very very stressful happened it was maybe like 11 30 p.m and i was like trying to call my mom because i was like crying and i was just like i just i didn't need to go to my mom's i need to stay at my mom's or my mom didn't answer so i didn't end up going or whatever and it was fine everything went fine and everything is fine but that was like legitimately uncontrollably my urge same thing with you know we talked about 
me doing acid on the podcast the other week and my first trip same kind of thing happened early in the morning when i was shopping for that box break i was on the <laughs> phone with my mom at walmart because <laughs> every time i do psychedelics for some reason i was like i just want to call my family i, I want to talk to somebody <laughs> that i love like you know love yeah. in that uncontrollable like just base Mm -hmm. level where for some reason your lizard brain understands i share blood with this person yeah but uh, but i also understand that a lot of people have strained uh you know relationships with their family and it's not like that for everybody it again that's another thing that i'm privileged to have pretty all right relationships with a lot of people that yeah you know and i love 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 um again yeah i haven't really thought about these things since we've been talking about it out loud right now um or i haven't been able to like Put, it's, it's one of those things where like you you think you know something and you've been thinking about it in your brain a lot and then when you start saying it out loud you're like oh oh yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. oh but I love like yeah like the 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 point of the movie is to be present yeah and in the context of the movie where she's being split across all these universes all the time constantly and she's having that conversation with her daughter at the end where her daughter's like, I've been doing this for a real long time, and things can be good, but they're just specks mm. of time in this vast nothingness of just horrible shit that keeps happening. And Evelyn says to her, then I will cherish these specks of time. Mm-hmm. And the movie ends with that shot of them at the IRS building, mm-hmm. and she's there, and she's present. Yeah. And she's happy, and that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And so in like the smaller thing of like, no, I got to deal with my dad and my daughter and like the troubles of trying to explain her sexuality and my weird husband and this and that. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, I need to just, again, my favorite thing is to just be here now in this moment with yeah. these people. It's and it's also, you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, the, 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 the Wayman's sentiment about the whole, like, I think I would have liked to do taxes and laundry with you, whatever. Um, it's exactly that. Like, no matter how bad the circumstances are, if you're, you know, with the right people, it doesn't matter kind of a thing. Like, I, I'm sure there's some saying that's like, I'd rather be in hell with my friends than in heaven with people I hate or whatever. I'm sure there's one that I don't know. Um, oh, shit. I, I love, it makes me, it made me laugh out loud both times. But when she's looking at Wayman, like right after she stabs him. And there's that moment where, like, uh, all the colors are flashing around their faces. Mm-hmm. And she's having all those memories of him. Yeah. Of just him being a goof and an idiot and just her husband. But I love when it cuts to him behind the counter. And he goes, what song is this? And he starts banging on the bell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the specs of time thing. I mean, that reminds me of a conversation we were having the other night uh, for, like, maybe two hours. We were just talking, uh, pontificating about life and like time just passing and a lot of stuff that's very relevant to this conversation uh yeah both of us have been real existentially down bad lately (laughs) and there was a point where we were talking about that specifically that thing where it's like this is a conversation that in all likelihood is just going to be another one in a long string of conversations that each of us have that we don't remember but the thing is uh is it also ties into that conversation i had to you about how bad i want to watch lost in translation with you because to a degree i'm a bit offended by that movie but uh the premise doesn't really uh, resonate with me that the, the entire present present premise is uh sometimes you meet somebody for 10 minutes and they mean more to you than people you've known for 10 years and uh that's just not been true to my experience uh, to my experience uh, the most meaningful thing in my life is you know sort of a lot of what this movie has to do or uh, with uh, which is just that the just that 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 the bonds that are forged over just years of conversations that get forgotten and little traumas yeah. shared and all that kind of stuff and um 
So I thought I was going to come to a, a finer point in a, in a more smooth way that perhaps was ripe for you to transition off of. But maybe it's not. Uh, whether we forget that conversation or not, it still matters. And it's still something that emotionally, yeah. you know, has brought us closer together. And uh, in that sense, it served its purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. I love... Uh... I, again, it's just, I, I feel like everything else I have to say about this movie are just little touches that I just love that, like, okay. I don't know, really, like, just bring out the world and the characters in these quick little scenes. Love to death when there's that quick cut of Evelyn and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Deidre. Deidre sitting outside um, the laundromat. And this is, like, after they've had that conversation where she's like, yeah, my husband left me and... It just takes cold, unfeeling bitches like us to keep the world moving. And she's like, no, you deserve love and this and that. And yeah. much later, it cuts to them sitting outside there, and she's letting her hit her vape. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, of course, of course Deirdre smokes yeah. a vape. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. That was a nice touch. There's a lot of really nice touches. Like, I also love all the hot dog stuff. It's very funny to see them put their hot dog fingers in each other's mouths. Mm-hmm. That's all great. I love that. But then I love when it comes... Uh, back to be important when she's like tied down and then she's like there is a universe where we all have hot dogs for our uh, hands or fingers and uh, we become very good with our feet and then she uses her feet to like get out yeah, of whatever situation yeah, yeah. she's in um, there's a lot of great touches like that uh, as I've said a million times and I think like the final thing I just want to say about this is obviously this is <laughs> where like had I seen it another time, or if we sat a lot around long enough to think about it, like I'd have a million fucking things to probably say about it. Um, I'm glad this is a movie. I'm really glad I saw in the theater. I mean, I was thinking about oh, it yeah. last night in bed, and I was like, I don't. It's still a magical, beautiful thing that I'm gonna cherish for the rest of my life and see many, many times. Um, but fuck, am I glad I saw it in the theater? Yeah, I especially for my favorite scene, the rock scene. Yeah, there's just something about that, and just that vast, that massive nothingness. Yeah. Um, it's just a nice quiet moment yeah or even like very intense close-up moments like their faces when all their colors are flashing around and she's having all those memories of him just 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 hits real different when you're in the theater yeah yeah this is definitely something um not that my opinion matters very much forever but like there's something to be proud of like those daniels man whatever their last names are great yeah and everybody else who was involved in this thing this is a really really genuinely um, you know, good thing. <laughs> but no, I I love when a when a when a piece of media or a piece of art or whatever you want to refer to it as just wears its heart on the sleeve. It's earnest and it's sincere. And uh, you know, I was moved. I was touched. It was good. This was good. This was a good movie. You're right. I couldn't put it better myself, Chris. This was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, this was a good thing. I'm glad this exists. Uh, I uh, love that they sneak Wayman from Workaholics in here. <laughs> Uh, love even more that they sneak Santa from I Think You Should Leave in there. Yes. Uh, I, when I saw it the first time, I was like, oh, unbelievable. And yeah. then when he showed up and we saw it together, and I heard yeah. Elton just howling yeah. like two seats over from me. I watched, uh, there's that, like, Ver- I think Variety does, like, the notes on a scene, you know. Mm-hmm. The directors will be sitting there drawing on, like, this, like, glass while the movie's playing underneath it. Um, and they're talking about it. And, like, at the end, they're like, yeah, and it all comes together. And they look at each other like... To make like a cosmic gumbo. <laughs> and that's another thing, that character, I mean, I don't think it's in a creepy way, at least from what I paid attention to. Um, but I love even just that little touch, like the reason why he hangs around those guys is one, I mean, he has fun with the husband a lot, uh, but also she wears a perfume that was the perfume his wife wore, and that yeah. just means the world to him or whatever. That yeah. just little thing that reminds me of his wife, so he just keeps coming back so he can smell the perfume, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, the movie's littered with just shit like that that'll just rip your heart out and show it to you. Yep, yep. So I cried like a motherfucking baby. Uh, two things I don't like about this movie. Sure. Don't love the bagel. For some reason, it just feels a little too kitschy for me. Um, and I don't love the scene where the two guys are trying to shove trophies up their butt while they're fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That felt a little much to me. Yeah. But does not at all ruin my enjoyment of this movie. No. No, no, no. I think at the end of the day, this God is a real contender for an A+. I'm going to give it an A+. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it an A+. I think I am. I think this is a... Like I said, it was genuinely a, a stunning. Um, I don't want to sound like a pretentious, pretentious piece of shit, but like this is like... You know, I haven't had this... Um, overwhelming of a reaction to a film in a movie theater since *Private Parasite*. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, where I just saw it and I was like, "Fuck, that is," like again, I don't know how to put it. It sounds cheesy as hell, but like just something to be proud of. Like that's a really good thing. Yeah, I'm <laughs> always, I'm always scared when I show you a movie that I like. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when we watched *Old Boy*. You were on your phone for some of it, and, this uh-huh. and, that, and then when it was over, I was like, "How'd you feel about it?" You're like I liked that, and then we did the podcast, and you really liked it. I was like, "Oh, awesome." <laughs> <laughs> we went and saw this. I was same thing. I was afraid that you weren't gonna like it, and yeah. it got done. I looked over at you, and you started wiping your eyes with your shirt, and I was like, <laughs> "Got him, nice." Yeah, I cried a lot. But anyways, uh, I think that might be that. Laundromat man. If you need more soup. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time...